0: Hey, well, happy Easter, everybody. Today is the big one. This is the weekend. This is, I guess, in some ways, you could call it the Super Bowl of all the Christian events and the holidays that we celebrate. This is the big one. We know that Christmas is huge. That was when Jesus came for us. But if he would have just came and died and stayed dead, it would be another story, another world of what we're living in. But the very fact that what we're celebrating here is that Jesus came for us to love us. He died for us, but that he didn't stay dead that He is risen. He is risen indeed. And this is what Easter is all about, the resurrection power of Jesus Christ and, and what that means to us. And we're going to look into that a little bit here today. It changed everything for us. I don't know if I, you guys caught that song in the beginning of the worship set that was entitled, Come Alive by Hillsong Worship. And I just, I love that song. I've been worshiping a lot lately, uh, being locked inside. There's a lot of free time to, to do stuff. And I prefer to not go on Netflix but to try to get a little bit more Jesus into me through worship. And I've been just kind of keeping that song on repeat. And what that song is really talking about is it's from the book of Ezekiel, where the prophet Ezekiel in chapter 37, he's talking about a vision that he saw. And I'm just gonna summarize it really short where he was in a vision and he was in this valley of dry bones and he prophesied it and he spoke the word of God over these dry bones. And what happened is in this vision that these bones kind of got flesh and blood and tendons and everything and it came alive as a people group, and it's basically representing God's nation and how they're going to come back from being scattered and come together and rise up as a people group, as a holy army for him. But what it really says, in essence, for us here today, is that God can bring to life what might be long dead. There's dry bones that took on new life. And whatever's going on in your life that you may have written off, and you think it's done, and it's over, is that because of the cross, because of the grave, because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, there's new life available. And so I, I just titled this message here today, Come Alive, based on that song that, that God wants to take what's dead in your life and allow it to come alive. And, and there's a lot of stuff that if we look at in our life right now, that kind of has died. I'll tell you what's died is a lot of the way of life that we used to have pre-coronavirus, pre quarantine. The things that we used to do, the things that we now miss, the things that like we just can't do anymore. It's like those habits, those rhythms of life are dead and gone. We were talking in our, our staff meeting today about some of the things that we miss that are kind of gone now. One of them is our social life. Like we're, we're missing our friends. We can Zoom in and we can text and we can do all that, but we don't get the one-on-one FaceTime like actually being present with people. That's a bummer. That's For now, that's dead and gone. It's really hard to get that back. I miss a lot of just going out. I don't know about you guys, but I miss going to movies. I miss going to restaurants. I miss going to the beach. Maybe you guys miss going to the gym. I don't miss going to the gym because I never went. But there's a lot of stuff that right now, it's, it's gone. The old way of life is just, it's dead. It's no more. A lot of our favorite stores are closed. Actually, a lot of those stores, unfortunately, financially might not make it. They might be closed forever. Jobs are being furloughed. People are being laid off. There's a lot of stuff that is kind of just dried up and dead. Our old way of life with going to work and going to school. Now everybody's home. There is no school, right? It's online schooling maybe, and the rest of us are working from home. There's a lot of peace in our families that unfortunately has gone away with a lot of people I talk to. It's stressful being all cooped up in one place. So there's, on the negative side of things, there's a lot of stuff that we're facing that may be dying or dead in our lives. But I, I don't wanna leave you with that message here today because today's message is actually one of hope. And it's that even though some things are dead, God can shift gears and shift perspective a little bit and allow some things to come to life. There's some things that have come about in this quarantine Time that are actually new life and they're bringing new things um, to light. And some of them is, I was talking with the creative team around here recently. They've been scrambling to put out good video content and audio and all of this. And one of the things they said is, man, this is really allowing us to learn a lot and to really stretch our creativity. So in spite of things that we've lost that maybe are dead, there's new life that's coming about. People are taking on new hobbies. I talked to some of our staff today. They're sewing. Anybody of you out there know someone that is sewing the face masks. Like I feel like we all know someone that's kind of jumping on this and making masks. And I think that's cool. But there's new hobbies people are doing. Some people are cooking. Some people are catching up on this time to do a lot of cleaning and organizing. One of our staff members is like, I finally learned how to use the computer. So there's new skills being uh, learned. There's new careers that are forming out of this. In the middle of maybe your furlough, maybe openings are, are coming about and opportunities are happening where God's allowing you to find new life into your old career, and you're able to come alive in that area. I'll tell you one thing that is good, in spite of some families feeling the extra stress, there's a lot of us as families that are learning to actually come alive to renewing our relationship and our connection with our families a little bit better. We're learning to love our families a little bit better. People are learning to love their spouses a little bit better. And I know this because you watch nine months from now, there's a lot of babies that are being conceived right now. I'm just saying, watch, they're all going to be named Corona. Just kidding. Anyways, we're going to get into the word here tonight, and this is what I want you to to understand. I said tonight, but it could be daytime, it could be morning, whatever. But wherever you're watching, whenever you're watching, here's the truth of what I want you to know about this Easter message, is that Jesus didn't just come to make bad people good. Jesus didn't just come and do his thing so that lost people could be found. What Jesus came to do is make dead things come alive. And that's what I wanna to talk to you about here today is he did all of those things, but what he's looking for is how to make your life better and the things that look to be dying or dead, he wants to spark new life in them. And so this is the message of hope. And um, I wanna read you a verse from Romans 8, 11, And it just says this, the Apostle Paul is writing and he's talking about the resurrection. He says, yes, God raised Jesus to life, but it doesn't end there. It isn't just like, well, good for you, Jesus. All right, that's why we celebrate Easter the resurrection was for you. It actually applies to us too. He says, yes, God raised Jesus to life. And since God's spirit of resurrection lives in you, he will also raise your dying body to life by the same spirit that breathes life into you. He wants to make every area of your life come alive. I mean, how many of us could use a little bit more life in the area of our finances, maybe our relationships, maybe just... Some of us are just lonely because we're not having interaction. Well, Jesus came to make every area of your life new again. In fact, the author, C.S. Lewis, you may have heard of him. He wrote The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. They make movies about him. He wrote Mere Christianity. He's just a great Christian author, but he just said this in, in one of his quotes. He said, Easter is death working backwards. And the whole idea behind Easter and the resurrection is it's death working backwards rather than normal life is where we're on our way to dying. Is it because of... Jesus and the resurrection, things that appear to be dead can come to life again. Here's what the apostle Paul wrote in regards to this in 2 Corinthians 1, verses eight and nine. He says, we don't want you in the dark, friends, about how hard it was when all this came down on us in Asia province. He was out traveling doing missionary work and he suffered major persecution and hardships as he was traveling in the area of Asia. He says, it was so bad, we didn't think we were going to make it. We felt like we'd been sent to death row. In other words, they thought they were dead. He says, and and that it was all gonna be over for us. But as it turned out, check this out, this is crazy. As it turned out, it was the best thing that could have happened. How can you say it was the best thing that could happen if you feel like you're gonna die? But here's why. He said, instead of trusting in our own strength or wits to get out of it, we were forced to trust God totally. Not a bad idea since he's the God who raises the dead. I love that. Basically what Paul is saying right here is, We believe in the God who can make dead things come to life. Can I get an amen for that? Like right there in your house, say amen out loud. Do it. Shout it. Amen. I'm waiting. I'm just kidding. But the word amen just means so be it. Like, yes. Like, jee Like, we're just saying... We believe in a God that can make dead things come back to life. That's worthy of an amen right there. So go ahead. I'll just amen I say Amen. That was good. Thank you, Jesus, for that, that verse right there. But here's, here's the thing about dead things coming to life is, I was thinking about this the other day. Sometimes being a Christian, maybe it feels like this to you too. It feels like if I have to, to, to surrender to the life of faith and surrender to Jesus, is that I have to give up, like, like it said in that scripture, um, my own strength or my own wits, and sometimes it feels like my own control is dead to become a Christian, and that's uncomfortable for me, maybe it is for you, because the truth is, I always want to be in control because I actually think my way is always right. don't you think that too? You think Carl's way is always right? No, but you might think that of yourself as well, and so sometimes you feel like, man, to be a Christian, it's really hard to let let go of being in control. I feel like that's dead. I can't do that anymore but I love that the way that, that scripture said it is it actually is the best thing that could have happened. Let me give you a little example. The other day, a couple of weeks ago, when it was still kind of OK to go out to beaches and stuff, and I was trying to isolate myself and be in uncrowded beaches and all that. But I was on my way to the beach, and I was excited. And um, I was in control of my own actions, which is where I always want to be. But here's the problem is I got a speeding ticket. And some of you guys might be laughing because you know me, and you know I talk about that, that this clearly wasn't the first time Pastor Carl has ever had a speeding ticket. It's probably not the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. It's probably well in the teens, the amount of speeding tickets I've had over my lifetime. Uh, so something I struggle with. But I got pulled over, and uh, there was another car in front of me, and the cop pulled us over. And I, I was pretty calm, it. I really thought that the guy in front of me was getting pulled over because I was kind of up to speed behind him. But we got pulled over. I saw the officer go to the front car and let him go, and he drove off, and I was being written up for a ticket. And I was kind of like, whoa, what's going on? How come I'm the guy following, and I got the ticket? Needless to say, it was this. In the midst of him coming over and asking for a license and registration and all this, this is what was weird that I discovered about myself is I was calm. I was actually polite. And in my normal old mode, I'd be angry about this. It would ruin my day. I'd be disappointed, and I would be upset. But for whatever reasons, because I've been learning to press into the things of God and to trust him and to believe in him, is that I allowed kind of that old self to kind of die. And here's what I did. I stayed calm. I asked politely, hey, officer, why did you tag me and not the other guy? And he explained his case to me. And I actually thanked him. Uh, I drove away. I laughed at myself for being so Typical Carl, getting another speeding ticket. I made light of it, and you know what I did? I drove to the beach. I had the greatest day surfing and diving. I went home. I paid the fine by mail, and I didn't look back. And all of that to say is, left to my own devices, that would have ruined my day if I was in control and my strength and my wits. You know what? Here's, here's what I learned in that. It's just like it says in Second Corinthians there. The best thing that could have happened was this, is that the old Carl was dying, and the new Carl was coming alive. In Jesus Christ. And so, yeah, I know I still got to work on the speeding thing, but that's one thing at a time. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace. But I just want to encourage you here today that God can bring things that look dead in your life. He can bring new life out of them. And, and I don't want to operate in my old strength anymore. I want that to die, and I want to come alive in Jesus. So let me give you a little bit of a story, an example about how Jesus can make something that is dead come to life, and he's actually gonna talk about in scripture here today, an actual man, a dead man came back to life. There's a lot of reported cases of, of the dead coming back to life in scripture, but this is one in particular that I like that I hope can speak to you on this Easter message here today. It's found in John chapter 11, Verses 1 to 6, and it's talking about a guy named Lazarus. And I'm going to read it, and we're just going to uh, go along the way and pull out things we can get about how to allow things to be dead in our life so that Jesus can allow us to come alive. Now, it says this. A man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister, Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So it says the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love Is sick. I want you to remember that. I'm going to come back to that. Lord, the one you love is sick. And when he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Lazarus was their brother. And in verse six, it says, So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, this is kind of interesting. He just said that he loved them. But when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. I just want to point out a couple things in this that maybe will spark life to something that is dead that needs to come alive in your life. The first one is this, is that it says, she said, Lord, the one you love is sick. It doesn't say, Lord, Lazarus that loves you, that is such a good Christian, that tries his hardest to read his Bible, that, that he's earned you the, the right for you to come and heal him. It doesn't say it had anything to do with Lazarus. It says, Lord, the one you love is sick. And I just want you to maybe take a note of this if if you're taking notes or mental notes, is that help from God comes because God loves you, not because you love him. That Jesus came to help his friend Lazarus because he loved him. He didn't make Lazarus earn it. I'm really thankful to God that he doesn't make me earn the right for him to move in my, I don't have to be the best person I can be. He has grace and it's just his love that says, I wanna bless you. And then it's interesting that it would say that, so when Jesus heard that Lazarus, his friend, was sick, who he loved, he stayed where he was for two more days. That's weird to me. But if you love him, why did you wait? Why didn't you go heal him directly? And sometimes there's a point in here, I think, is that a delay isn't a denial. Is it sometimes God just needs to make you wait. And some of you might be waiting in a season right now, and you're just thinking, you know what? God must not love me because he's not sending help right away. And sometimes God needs to remind us, Jesus in this case is reminding, hey, a delay isn't a denial. Is it God loves you enough to help you in his timing and not your own timing. Um, The other night we were baking brownies. And if you guys know about baking brownies, like you cook them in the oven. If you cook them too much, they get too dry and hard. If you undercook them, they're all doughy and they're a gooey mess, although sometimes that's not so bad. But if you take them out of the oven too early, they're real gooey, you don't let them cool down, you try to cut them, and it's a mess. And that's what happened to us, is we were too hungry, too impatient, it smelled so good, took them out of the oven real early, tried to cut them, and it was just doughy and crumbly. And of course, we ate them anyway, but it wasn't the intended perfect brownie that we were looking for. And I believe that in our lives as well, is that sometimes we just got to wait and that Jesus was intentionally making them wait for the miracle. Now, let's pick up the story again in verse 11. It says, after he had said this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm there. I'm going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, well, Lord, if he sleeps, then he'll get better. Why do you need to go save him? In other words, like, what do you mean he's just sleeping? If he's just sleeping, it's all good. And then Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought that he meant natural sleep. So then he just told them plainly. He said, guys, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I'm glad I was not there so that you may believe. That's weird, is that he's actually trying to say, I'm making a point by not showing up earlier because I want to strengthen your faith. I want you to believe in something. So he said, but let us go to him. And then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, well, let us go also that we may die with him. See, Thomas was worried that they're going back into the neighborhood where people had tried to attack them and kill Jesus before. And he's just kind of going, All right, Jesus, whatever, let's go. We're probably gonna die, but let's go anyway. And sometimes I think Thomas gets a bad rap for saying something like that. But here's what I think I like about Thomas is that he doubted, but he went anyway. And sometimes that's a that's a word for us in there is if we're looking for the miracle and God to bring something dead back to life, it's it's okay to doubt. But, but go anyway, but believe and trust and, and do what God's doing in you anyway. So I like that, that it says that Jesus didn't necessarily go back in time because he wanted them to believe, that Jesus was building their faith. And here's another concept I pull out of this is that God's working in us when we want him to work for us. And I'm sure the disciples and Martha and Mary were hoping, God, get over here and do this thing right now, Jesus, we know you can do it. And yet Jesus was over here going, no, no, here, I'm, I'm trying to work in you while you want me to work for you. And so just keep that in mind. And the fact that Thomas was the guy that doubted and he, he went anyway, I love that about Thomas because basically what it's telling me is small faith is enough. If you're looking for something that's dying or dead in your life to come back to life again, it's okay to start small. It's okay to have small faith. A small faith, Jesus said, the faith of a mustard seed sometimes can move mountains. And so I, I love that. That means, you know what that tells me right now is that if you're praying for something and it just looks impossible, like it's not gonna, it's dead, it's done, it's gone. I'm gonna tell you this, pray anyway. Small faith is enough. Jesus, Thomas doubted, but he went with Jesus anyway. Pray anyway. I know you can't gather in a real church and see all of your friends together and church online is just not the same. Well, I'm gonna tell you this, tune into church online anyway. You're gonna receive something. It just takes a little bit amount of faith. Have integrity anyway. When you're working from home right now and you could easily sleep away your day and your boss would never know, and you could go and do whatever you want. You could binge on Netflix. I'm telling you this small faith matters, small integrity matters. Choose to be be someone integrous with your time. Give small gifts, give small talk, those small things, they matter to God. Small talk, I was I was, where was I at, at the beach the other day? I was making small talk with one of the guys out there and he started launching into all his conspiracy theories on China and how they're trying to like do all of this stuff and it's a crazy conspiracy theory and he's telling me about the dangers of 5G technology and all of this stuff and he was just going and it was like, Part of me was wanting to go. Just, I, can I just go to the beach, man? Like you're like taking all my time. But you know what I did? I just I made small talk with the guy. I tried to make friends with him. I got his name. I gave him. Uh, I, I gave him some talk and some good conversation back. And I think that God is saying is sometimes small faith is enough. Small steps are enough. Small gifts to people in your life. It's a good thing. And so we got to honor Thomas for that, even though he kind of doubted. Let's pick the story up a little bit later as it goes on into verse 17. It says of Jesus on his arrival. Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Four days is heavy. In the Jewish, Jewish culture and their belief system, what they, they thought was that uh, the spirit of a person would hover over their body for about three days. And so by Jesus significantly saying, he waited till the fourth day, it was basically letting everybody know, this guy's really dead. No, he's really dead. It's not the spirit. There's no chance of revival to the point where you got, we gotta imagine a body left unattended. There's probably decay coming from this body in, in four days' time. So Jesus was kind of making a point we're gonna see in a minute, but it says, Jesus found that Lazarus had been dead in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles away from Jerusalem and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you'd been here like sooner, she's saying, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. She's, she's questioning, why didn't you hurry this thing up? It's been four days. But she says, I, I still trust you, God. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha answered, yeah, yeah, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. She's thinking, yeah, I know eventually we're all going to go to heaven together. But then Jesus said this to her. He basically conjured, he goes, no, I'm not talking about then. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? There's a couple of things I want to pick up in here that I think are interesting, is that Jesus intentionally delayed his coming to visit Lazarus, is that he really wanted to make sure that the people all around that came to visit and, and Martha and Mary that they wouldn't miss that he was about to drop a heavy miracle on them. He didn't want anybody thinking, well, he just kind of was asleep for a few hours, Jesus, and you just woke him up. He was intentionally wanting them to see the miracle. Now, this is, this is something I get out of this, is that sometimes God's going to do things in your life where he rescues something in your life that is dying. It's on its way down. It's on its way out. But there's still hope, and he's going to come in. And he's going to bring salvation. He's going to rescue you, and he's going to turn it around. But I believe this, that there's also sometimes and some things that have to completely die in our life before they can come alive. And that may be your job. You may actually not just be on the verge of losing it. It might be that you've lost your job in this time or you know somebody that has. But what God's trying to do is say, don't miss the miracle. I want you to understand that sometimes things that look fully unbelievable, there's no way they can come back. They're dead, they're gone, they're lost. Is that sometimes he's going... I needed that to die so that I could give you the new job. And maybe it's a relationship. It's on the rocks, and there's sometimes where God's going to revive something that's dying. But sometimes maybe it's, it's, it's the time for it to end and be done so that God can show you the miracle of what the new one looks like. Or maybe it's your hopes or your plans or your dreams, but there's too much of, of you in those, and God needed to uh, let that stuff die so he can give you his plans, his hopes, his goals, and his dreams. So I believe that concept that says, sometimes something has to completely die before it can come alive again. That's what Jesus was trying to say. Watch this, Lazarus fully dead, watch what I can do. And a couple other things that I, I see in this where Jesus is talking about the resurrection, which is in essence what we're talking about today, something dying and coming back to life, is that she said, yeah, I believe that Lazarus is gonna resurrect someday. I want you to know this, is the resurrection isn't just for some day, when we all rise again to go to heaven, the resurrection is actually for today. It's for every day. The new life can come from whatever looks dead in your life every single day. Um, you know, the, the funny thing is, I, I kind of feel like I'm in that kind of a season right now. Um, there's a lot of heartache and there's a lot of hurt and there's things that I've lost in this lifestyle and, and and the stuff that's going on with quarantine and being shut in and all that. There's definitely tragedy in the world and I don't... Man, I pray for that every single day. My heart breaks for the people that are hurting and, and I'm struggling with stuff my, in my own life. But in other areas of my life, this is a brand new season where God has brought about changes. And I know that resurrection power wasn't just for Jesus on that day. It isn't just for when I die and go to heaven and resurrect someday. That honestly, resurrection power is at work in my life right now. And I wanna encourage you that you would look around in your life and see that resurrection isn't just for someday but God's doing new things in your life right now that are sparking new life. Would you look for those things? Would you celebrate those things? Would you lean into worship on this Easter weekend because of what God is doing, the new things he's doing? The other thing I see is that Jesus didn't just say, resurrection is an event for someday. It's pretty cool. He says, resurrection isn't just an event. He actually says, resurrection is a person. And he says, it's me. I am the resurrection. I am the life. And if you believe in me, then you can have new life too. I think that's so heavy. That that what What a claim. He's saying, you know what, the way to get that stuff to come alive in your life that seems dead? Here's the answer. Jesus. He's saying, it's just me. I'm the man. It's not about religion. It's not about your church. It's not about your logos. It's not about your egos. It's not about people. It's not about systems and all of this stuff. Jesus is going, I am the resurrection. If you want to experience new life, if you want the things that... Man, I'm sure you're hurting right now. I'm hurting over things. I feel like things have died and, and are just dead in my life. But I believe that Jesus is the answer. And if I trust him, it's, it's going to come to life. I was thinking about this the other day. I was driving my truck. I always got stories about my truck. I was driving my truck, and I started it up, and I put it in gear, put it in drive. And I just thought this. When I put my truck in drive, it doesn't matter how heavy I am or how many people are in my car or how much it's weighted down, if I put my truck in drive, it's going to drive. It's going to move forward. And it doesn't matter how strong I am and my ability and to, I'm not making my truck go. What I realize is it has nothing to do with me. It's the fact that my engine, putting in the transmission into gear, is doing all the work and it's pushing me forward. And it's just something interesting that I, I thought of is that all I have to do is just turn the key and put it into drive. And what we're talking about here today is that if you would just believe in Jesus, that's all it takes to get the the truck moving, so to speak, in your life. To watch the miraculous work of God taking something dead and bringing it back to life is all you have to do is say, Jesus, I just believe in you and I trust you. You turn the key and Jesus does all the work. He's going to bring things that are dead back to new life in your life. And I know you might be struggling here today. You might be hurt. You might be broken. You might be confused. You might be wondering where God is. But all you got to do is believe. If you believe in Jesus, then even the stuff that seems dead can come back to life. I want to pray right now. I want to lead us in a prayer. And I just want us to plead before God to give us that resurrection power, that we'd realize that resurrection and what Easter is all about, it wasn't just an event that happened 2,000 years ago, it wasn't just for Jesus. It isn't an event that's gonna happen far off or near off in the future when we rise and go to be with him. But resurrection power and Easter, the power to bring dead things back to life is available here today and right now. Would you guys pray with me? Lord, we come before you right now here today, Lord, and we celebrate Easter. We're so thankful for you, Jesus, our Lord, our King, our Savior, our hero. And we thank you that resurrection speaks more to a story and an event that, that happened to you But Lord, it's something that can happen to us here right now. And Lord, we need it. We need, there's things in our life, Lord, that we've written off that we think are dead and gone. And Lord, with you, there's a chance that new life could come about, that we could come alive again in every area of our life. So I just plead for that right now this morning. God, that you would do a mighty work in our lives and all we have to do is to believe in you. Lord, help us to take that step to walk it out in faith, to believe, to put our hope and our faith and trust in you. And Lord, you begin to work in our lives. And I wanna pray right now as we're praying that I might be praying for some people here watching today that you've never taken that step of faith towards God. You've never said to him from the depths of your heart, I believe in you, God. I believe in Jesus, what he did to die for me, to take the place for my sin, to put me back into uh, a place of newness and wholeness in life with this God that loves me and created me. That maybe you've never really fully 100% acknowledged Jesus' death and his resurrection that can bring a death to your old way of life and bring a resurrected new life to you right where you're at from here on out until we see him face to face. And if you'd like to receive this free gift of salvation in relationship with Jesus, I'm going to ask you to pray right now. The rest of us are, are praying, sitting there wherever we're at watching this, listening, but maybe for you it's something special that's going on in your heart right now that you're saying, this is my first time to say yes to Jesus in a real way. So let me lead you in this prayer, if that's you. I want you just to pray this along with me. Where you're at, just pray it under your breath, in your head as a, and your heart as I pray it out loud. God, I believe in who you are today. On this Easter weekend message, I, I'm gonna tell you, Lord, I'm taking a step to tell you I do believe in you, step of faith. And Jesus, I'm asking you that you would be my Lord and Savior. I believe that what you did at the grave and the cross was for my sake, for my benefit, We take communion to remember that, is Lord, that you loved me and you reached out to me, even though I didn't deserve it. But Lord, right now I'm letting you know I believe in what you did and I receive this new life. And Lord, I'm looking forward to all the things that appear to me dead in my life right now that you're going to bring back to life because of your power that lives in me. So Lord, from here on out, I'm going to follow you. Thank you for being my God. Lord, I'm going to learn to get close to you as I read my word, as I continue to, to be a part of the church, as I pray, as I get baptized. Lord, I. I want all it is that you have for me. In my heart right now, I'm just saying yes to all it is that you have. I believe in you. I'll follow you all my days. Thank you for your love. Thank you for Easter. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.